So you guys doing okay today? Good. So glad. Um, All right. So for the past two weeks, we've been talking about how, man, when, when challenges come into our lives, that these challenges are loaded with potential. They're, they're loaded with potential to do one of two things, to either, man, to, to, to shake us to the core or, or to strengthen us. And, and we've been looking at this one verse in 1 Corinthians um, 13 where, where Paul really just, he, he highlights these three different characteristics of, uh, of, of, that are honestly just super foundational and important to anyone who's following Jesus. These three characteristics of faith, hope, and love. And we've been talking about how in challenging times, like for many of us this past year, it's these three foundational qualities that the enemy, Satan himself, has been after the most. And so if you're being really honest, man, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you struggled in your faith this year? Or how many of you struggled with, with hope this year where you realized that you'd been putting your hope in, in your job or you'd been putting your hope in, in your productivity or in your money or in yourself and when those things were taken away, you realized that you'd been allocating your hope into something that was ultimately gonna let you down. And so we've been talking about and pressing into this reality that what the enemy means to destroy through challenges, the Lord desires to take those same challenges and to strengthen us. And so we talked about faith and we talked about hope. And this morning, we're going to talk about love. You know, I was asking and really just kind of wrestling on Thursday as I was preparing for today, like praying and, and going, man, what is the purpose of love? Like when you think about that, what, what is the end goal of love? Like why, why do we do it? And, and there are so many different answers that we could, you know, go around and share. But a couple of things that, that just stood out to me. One is it's just the, we, we love, the end goal is, is to benefit other people. I mean, there's something about looking at someone in the eye and, and loving them with your time and your heart and, 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 and your life. Because what you're wanting to do is to show them that they matter. That we love people because we want them to understand their intrinsic value. That, that this world would be different if you weren't a part of it. And so we love people because we want them to understand that, that they matter. That, that they, they, they carry this immense value. That you're special. That you're wanted. And, and, and you think about this. Think about when someone has loved you really well. Think about when someone has, has done something that, that just showed you that they saw you. That you matter. You know, think about Nick and Abby. Nick and Abby, raise your hand. Stand up. Do a Jap and Jacks for us. Just kidding. No, but Nick and Abby. You know, Nick reached out to me and Abby reached out a couple weeks ago and said, hey, we want to just, we want to keep your kids some night so you guys can go on a date. And I'm going, where does that come from? And I just got that text and, and I'm going, man, the, the fact that they would be sitting at their house thinking about us. And I just felt this immense, just, just love. Being seen, or I think about the way that, that Court and I have, the way that she has loved me for the past 13 years of marriage, and I am not an easy man to love, that there are plenty of days where I am just a, a, a burden and a struggle, and the way that she just consistently loves and, and pours out, and there's something about when you receive love from someone else, it, it fills you, it strengthens you, gives you confidence. You see, we love people and we do it to, to benefit them. But there's a bigger scope in mind, a bigger purpose than just individual blessing. You know, we, we love so that there will be a universal impact. Man, that we look around the world that we're, we're living in and man, there's so much hate and bitterness and darkness. 
and shame and fear and, and, and we love so that, that love would drive out hate. That light would, would drive out darkness and, and, and the hope of love is that we would love someone and that, that the love would touch their heart and then from that point on, man, they would join this like revolution, this upheaval of, of love where, where they would begin, begin perpetuating love, pouring it into others, multiplying and spreading love until it touches every person and every neighborhood under the nations. See, they realize that the, the purpose of love is transformation. Transformation of individuals, transformation of society. And there's so much division. There's so much confusion, so much brokenness, so much anger and hatred and bitterness and darkness that the enemy has sown and that he has sown through people. And what the world needs is the love of Jesus. The love of the very real Jesus who is in heaven. They need the love of of Christ, but they also need the love of Christ, the exact type of love that he lived, and they need to experience that through his people. That the world doesn't just need to be loved by Jesus, they need to be loved by us. And you think about this, man, when, when we are at our absolute worst, when we fail the most, when we feel completely unworthy, when our hearts and our souls are empty and cold, we're singing these songs about your, your love goes on and on and we don't feel it. It's in those moments when we've, when we've done the thing we never thought we would do, when we need the love of God the most. And the same is true for the world. I have some friends that are, are foster parents and, and they have been fostering a teenager for the past several years. And, and they've had him in, in their home, and they've just been so blessed by this, by this boy. And it's stretched their family, and it's made them better, and it's been challenging, but, but they have just bonded with this kid. And, and the hope of, of, of foster care is, is, is reunification with, with families. And so a, a kid is removed from an unhealthy or an unsafe environment so that the parents have time to, to get healthy and, and to work on themselves. And so the hope and the desire is that if it's going to be a safe place, that kids can always go back and, and be with their, with their parents. But that's not always the case. And so they've been taking care of this, this kid for, for two years. And, and about a month ago, his mom ter- terminated her parental rights. And this teenage boy, she looked at him and like, I just, I just don't want to be your mom anymore. And just think about that. And maybe some of you have experienced something similarly. Or someone you love, man, looked at you and said, I, I no longer want you in my life. But just think about what that does to your, to your self-worth, what that does to your, to your value. And so uh, not so coincidentally for the past month, you know, we found out a month ago his mom doesn't want him in his life anymore. And for the past month, he's been extremely difficult. In fact, he's been asked, he, he asked to leave this family where he has loved being and where it's been safe and healing. He's asked to be put with a new foster family. And I was talking to them this week and they're just heartbroken. Because they know what this kid needs, they know what he needs is love, but he is pushing away everyone who loves him because his heart is broken. He feels worthless and valueless. You see, the key to transformation, the thing that we need, both as individuals and as society, in order to heal, in order to be healthy, and so that we can help others is love. You know, you don't have to raise your hand. But, but how many of you have really struggled to love God and, and love people over this past year? 
And if you answered yes, man, how many of you struggled to really believe this past year that, that you were deeply loved by God? See, I believe that there's this correlation that when, that when we receive love, we're able to give love. That when we receive it, we, we know how to give it. We know its power. We know what it's capable of. And, 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 and we know what it does. And so when we receive it, we want others to have it. You know when I'm the, the best husband and the best dad and the best pastor and the best friend? It's when I'm locked into the love of God for me. And some of you, man, you, you don't feel God's love right now. Some of you don't feel God's love because maybe this past year you, you've, you've been just kind of drifting and coasting spiritually. And some of you, maybe you don't feel God love, God's love because you've, you've just kind of squandered this year that you kind of hardened your heart and you just kind of went pursuing the things that you wanted to do. Some of you come here and, 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 and you don't feel God's love because you've been sinning. And I just want you to listen to this. You know, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 13 this morning. And, and not all of this applies from God to us because a whole lot of this chapter is about us relating to one another. But I just want you to listen to this, that, that this is the way, the type, the characteristic of the love that God has for you. That God's love for you is patient. That God's love for you is kind. That God is, his love is, is not easily angered. That God, his love, it, it keeps no record of your wrongs. That God's love never fails for you. You see, my, fa my friend's uh, foster son, who he, he's keeping them at arm's length right now. He's refusing to let them in. He's, he's re refusing to let them show him love, to show him value. And he's rejecting the very thing that will heal him and help him in my prayer this morning is that we won't reject this love from God for us, but that we will receive his love as it actually is. And I know it's hard because, because all of us, we do that thing where we look back on our lives, we look back on the past year, and we see all the places that we missed it and all the places that we messed up, but we must receive the type of love that the Lord has actually revealed. Because if we don't receive his love as he describes it, as it is, then we will try to conjure up our own definition of love and what he's trying to give us. And he says, my love is patient and kind. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of your wrongs. It never fails. His love never fails. That word fail is incredibly powerful. You ever failed a test before? You ever failed your admissions test on your car? It's not a good feeling. I remember many years ago, I was backing out of our driveway car was in reverse, moving just fine, I shifted it into drive, boom, 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 nothing but just revving of the engine. I'm like, that's strange. Put it back in reverse, it goes fine. Put it back in drive, it's not moving. And it's at that moment I realized my transmission had failed. And it is not a good feeling. You see that, that idea of failure, if you think about you failed an English test, you failed a class in college, it's not a, a good feeling. Failure means it's final, it's over, it's done. And I love what Paul writes because he doesn't say you're a failure and he doesn't say your life is a failure. He says the love of God has never failed. The love of God never fails. The love of God is not over. It's not done with you. 
And just like my friend's foster kid, you can reject that truth. And you can keep living in the place that you're living. Or you can receive the love of God and the nourishment and the blessing that your soul and your heart are crying out for starts to come into your life. See, I believe that to receive the love of God and, and to receive it over and over is, is so amazing. But we need it most when we're empty, when we're down, when we're cold. Ephesians 3, Paul writes this. He says, I hope that you understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Now, why would he say that? And some of us, we, we hear that and we go, man, that, that doesn't connect to me at all. I don't feel that. And I'm going, man, the reason Paul could write that is because he'd experienced it. And he knew it was possible. He, he knew how long suffering the love of God. He knew how patient and how kind and how God could look at this man who was actively against Christianity, trying to put an end to the movement. And he looks at this God who's had such mercy on him, who's forgiven him, who's chosen to put his spirit in him, to use him to reach the nations. And he goes, I hope you understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. It doesn't matter what you've done. Christ's love be on you. Doesn't matter what you feel, Christ's love be on you. What's this type of love like? I love Luke 15. Luke 15, the Father is, is painted in such beautiful pictures, such beautiful colors. What is love is like for us? It's like a, 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 a sheep that wanders away. That's like many of your story this year. You, you wandered from God. You put your head down and you weren't intending to, to walk away from God, but you put your head down and, and, and you look up and you go, man, I, am, I have not read the Bible. I haven't prayed. I haven't confessed. And I am so far from God. And some of you go, man, can God even take me back? And I love, because that's where so many of us, if you're not there now, maybe you've had a season like that or you will have a season like that. And I love that Jesus speaks right into, he says, you want to know what God's like? He's like a shepherd that goes and finds a sheep. So you need to understand the type of love of God for you is God who's coming after you. Or he says the type of love is, the type of love of God is like a, a coin that's dropped and a coin doesn't drop itself. A coin is dropped by someone else. And some of you, 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 you realize this year you don't, you don't feel God's love because you've been wounded, you've been hurt, you've been abused, that you were some, you were a victim. And you, you feel distant for, because of it. You feel far from God. And he says, the type of God that you serve is a God that comes looking for you and finds you. You don't even have to find him. He comes and finds you. Or he says, for some of you, you're like the, the rebellious son. That you look at God and, and you see the benefits of God. You see the blessings of God. And you say, I don't want anything to do with you. I want to do things my own way. And this is so many of our stories where we just, we have to go and we have to sow our wild oats. We have to do things. We have to learn the lesson the hard way. And so we rebel and we run and we harden our hearts. And we haven't prayed in six months. We haven't read the Bible in eight months. And we haven't spent time really opening up our souls to anyone in 10 months. And we're going, man, is there even a place for God to welcome me back? And the definitive answer is always yes. Just come home. The father's on the porch. He's not angry. He's not frustrated. He's ready to throw a party because the kind of love that God has for you is a, is a patient and a kind and one who keeps no record of your wrongs, a God who wants your heart. He doesn't want you showing up here in pretense. He doesn't want you showing up here checking a box. He wants you. 
the fullness of your heart to be fully alive and tuned to him. And so we receive, we must receive this love and we must receive it over and over and over and over and over and over. It's crazy how many times I tell my kids that I love them. Why? I don't just tell them one time. It wasn't just like the day they're born, I love you. And then, hey, I already told you, you know that I love you. No, it's over and over and over. And we have to experience the, the fresh love of God over and over and over again. Why? Because if we can't receive it, we can never extend it to others. And some of you, man, you, you want to be so active for the, for the mission of Jesus. Your life is about serving. Your life is about giving. Your life is on par with, with, with reaching the lost and serving the poor and taking the gospel to the nations. But if you're being really honest, your heart hasn't been, been reached by the love of God. Let God in. Receive his love that he delights in you, that he has saved you, that, that because of Jesus there's no sin that is not forgiven, that your life is secured forever, that you will spend your life right now with God being tuned into his heart, hearing his voice, and you'll spend the rest of your life knowing him. Guys, love is, is an emotional feeling, but it's so much more than a feeling. It's more than euphoria. It's, it's more than a shot of dopamine that sends a feels through your body. You know, Paul takes a whole chapter to describe love. And, and the thing that, that st stands out to me about 1 Corinthians 13 is that love is choices. And feelings are a part of it. But love is choosing to do things even when you don't feel like it. This means that love is not defined primarily by how you feel. It's bigger than that, much bigger than that. Love is defined by, by what you do. And I want to read through this, these five verses. And I want you really to, to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit highlights. I went to the doctor on Monday for my yearly checkup. And, you know, you go to, for your yearly checkup and you just fill out this questionnaire and they're asking you about all the things that are going on in your life. And, and, you know, and part of the doctor's job is to really just kind of affirm you. Hey, you're doing good. Your blood pressure looks good. Your whatever is good, you know, and, and to affirm you and to encourage you. But the other part of the doctor is, 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 to, is to look for things that, that haven't manifested yet. Things that haven't come out. And so they do this blood work and, and they do these tests to, to figure out, hey, is there something going on below the surface that, that you can't see with the eye? And so uh, my doctor was like pushing on my, my abdomen on, on Monday and I'm going, what, what, like, what, are you, what are you feeling for? What are you doing in there? And, and, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling for, for tumors. I'm feeling for anything abnormal. And he said, I'm honestly, he's like, I'm also just kind of feeling for any place in, in you that if I push, you experience pain. And he's like, so often what happens is, is people come in here, they have no idea anything's going on and I'll start pressing on them and, and I'll hit something and they'll go, ow! And, and he's like, oh, we gotta deal with that, right? And as I read through these, these verses, I want you to really pay attention to, to let your guard down, to not be defensive, to let the Holy Spirit really affirm you where you are doing well. I know that some of you, man, you've worked really hard to, to put this kind of love into practice and there might be some places this morning where the Holy Spirit's gonna push and you're gonna say, ow, and receive that. He, the, the, my doctor did this not to, to make me feel bad or not because he just loved causing pain, but because he wants me to be healthy. And the same is true for Paul. The same is true for the Holy Spirit, that he wants you to be a healthy, holy Christian. And so I want you to listen to these words. You know, a lot of times when I'm doing this, um, I'm not thinking about me. 
I'm thinking about someone else that I wish was paying attention. You guys ever done that before? Where you're like, oh, I sure hope they're listening. Like if my spouse was just listening right now or, or you're going, I can't wait to send this podcast to my mom. Like she needs to hear this. And, and, and we all do this, especially those of you who giggled. Like we're, we're, we, we do this where we're going, man, I wish that, that they would hear this. And I wanna just really encourage you to think about you. Um, to not think about anyone else. To think about you. So this is how Paul describes love. He says, love is patient. You know, how, how do you want a, someone to treat you in, in regards to being patient? Like when, when you're going through something that you've never gone through before and you don't know what you're doing or, or when you stumble again with that same sin, that same thing, with what degree of patience do you want to be treated? And do you extend that same patience to others? Is there anyone in your life that you're not extending that same degree of patience to? Love is patient. Love is kind. I love this question that I discovered this week as I was preparing in this commentary. Do you recognize that everyone is carrying a heavy load? Like every single person in this room is carrying a different load. And it's heavy. Do you recognize that? Think about this. Would love is kind. Would, would you be okay with, with others treating your spouse or your kids or your family the way that you do? Love is kind. It does not envy. Love does not envy. Man, are, are you content are you happy with your life? The things that God has blessed you with? With your living situation? Or are you always living in this place of, of wanting someone else's life? Their spouse, their house, their transportation, their toys. How, how do you respond when others succeed? Is there excitement? Or is there jealousy? Love does not envy. Love does not boast. I love this Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 2. It says, let someone else praise you. <laughs> not your own mouth. Love does not boast. Do we feel the need to show and to tell the world of all of our accomplishments? Love is not proud. Are there things that are below you? Too menial? Do you initiate saying sorry when you've messed up? Or are you too proud? Love does not dishonor others. Man, do, do your words build others up behind their backs? Or do your words tear them down? Love does not dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. Ugh, that one hurts. Do you insist on your own way? Man, or do you seek your own advantage, your own interests, your own benefits, or are you thinking about others? Love's not self-seeking. Um, love is not easily angered. Do you get frustrated easily? Are you offended easily? Or do you have thick, forgiving skin? 
Proverbs 19, verse 11, it says, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Love's not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. You know, love does not take notice of, of every evil thing that people do and then hold it against them. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Do we ever take pleasure in the misfortunes of others? Love always protects, always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, something that, I, that I've noticed as I was reading through this list, honestly, it's just kind of re- like the past three weeks being back here at Marathon, that there are a lot of places that I am incredibly out of shape spiritually. <laughs> like, I don't know, if, as, as I was reading through that list, some of you might go, man, I'm actually doing really well at that. And others of you, you go, you know what? Uh, I have not done any of those well. <laughs> and, or some of you, there's, there's a mixture of both. And, and what I realize is that the Holy Spirit reveals things so that he can heal them. And so this morning, as I'm reading through that list, as, as the Spirit was searching your heart, man, if, if there were things that came up, don't sit in shame. The Holy Spirit is not pressing on that just so you feel bad and so that you leave here feeling shame. And don't, don't fit, sit in shame and don't just accept it. I think that's a part of our, the culture, the, 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 the world that we're living in where it's like, man, you just, just accept it. Just accept things as they are. Just, just roll with it. And that's not the story of being a follower of Jesus. The Holy Spirit presses us where we're weak for the purpose of making us strong. And so we don't sit in shame. In, in, in shame. We don't just accept it. No. We work to get back in shape. And I love this because when we live this type of love, this 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, man, we are pouring into others the exact type of love that God has poured into us. And that type of love is transformative. And that love of God that's transformed you, do you realize that, that your life can be the vessel and the conduit to help transform other people's lives? Talk about a vision for your life. Talk about a worthy cause. Talk about the, the things that, that, that people will remember you why. Man, that person loved me like Jesus did. And guys, the reality is that this type of love, it's easy to talk about in here. It's really hard to live out out there. Man, tomorrow morning, you're going to be around a very unpleasant coworker. Don't think of anybody, right? But, but you know that you're going to be around someone who's unpleasant. And I want you to encourage you to, to really not just respond to their actions, to go below the surface. It's like, man, if, if they are manifesting that way on the surface, what's going on deep in their heart? What's below the surface that they need? And you can be like everybody else and get caught up in the gossiping and got up in the slandering and being frustrated, or you can be God's vessel for transforming their lives. to love them, figure out what's going on in their heart. Why are they acting this way? Man, with your, with your neighbor that doesn't really let you into their life, keep showing them love. You know, we have a neighbor, guy in his late 60s, he lives by himself, been divorced for 20-something years, his kids are grown, and Court and I, several times, we've invited him over for dinner. We go, man, if 
if, if I'm an old man one day and, and Court's passed away or if Court's an old woman I, like one day and I, I want the person, their next door neighbor to, to take care of them and to watch out for them and love them. And so we tried to invite him. Hey, do you want to come over for dinner? Do you want to come in? And, and, and he always just kind of keeps us at arm distance. No, thanks. You know, I'm good. And a couple weeks ago, he gets this really scary doctor's report, put the kids to bed. He calls me at night. Hey, can you meet me in the driveway? I need to talk. Okay. And there's something about just the, the being patient with your type of love, being consistent, loving your neighbors. God will open the door in his time. You know, for, for some of you, it's, it's your spouse or your kids or your roommate or your family. And you're just so frustrated right now. 1 Corinthians 13 God, would you let this type of love flow through me? Would you help me not to think about how they're loving me back? God, would you help my vision and my life to be about what I, the type of love that I'm pouring out? It's not self-seeking. It's not about what I'm getting. Let me pour out for you. So here's what I want to do. I want to take a few minutes. And uh, I, want, I want to give us a challenge this week. We don't do this very often. And I might ask you about it next Sunday, so you better do it. Um, we throw that first slide up, Caleb. I, w- I want to encourage you. I don't, you know, we don't do this very often, but I want to encourage you to, to memorize 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. One of the things that I've found super helpful is, is when I'm interacting with Courtney, or when I'm interacting with my kids, or when I'm interacting with whatever, I go, am I being loving? It's like, well, what is loving? Am I being patient? Am I being kind? And I go through the list. And, and the Holy Spirit works best when the Word is in our hearts. When there's something there for the Spirit to work with, where He's not just working from scratch. And so this week, I encourage it. My challenge is to memorize this passage of Scripture. Just try to memorize one verse every day or however you want to memorize it. We memorize things all the time. Let's do this. Let's put this into practice. Memorize 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. The second thing, and, and I want to encourage you to, to just to do this real quietly. This is not going to be something that we talk about. But is there anyone in your life right now that you've not been loving well? And maybe you would, you would say, I, I've been loving them well, like, um, from my perspective. But as, as we're reading through the definition of, of what love is more than a feeling, I encourage you to, to really wrestle with that this week. Is there anyone you've not been loving well? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your boss at work. Maybe it's a coworker. And if it is appropriate, reach out this week and say sorry. You know, it's interesting. I was reading 1 Peter chapter 3 this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3, Paul says, Husbands, be considerate and respectful as you live with your wives so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And that's really interesting because what Peter is implying there is, husbands, when you're rude and you're not kind, there's a barrier, there's a block between your relationship with the Lord. Whoa, never thought about that. If there's someone in your life that you're not loving well, make it right this week. Repent. I love the word repentance. Repentance has a bad stereotype. We do this all the time in life. Repent just means to do the other thing. It's a grace to get to repent. And then finally, last slide. 
I'm going to encourage us for the next few minutes to circle up with the people that we came with or people that are sitting around you and just really wrestle with this. You know, what aspects of love have you grown in? Are you strong in? And then where do you need to grow up? So as I'm reading this list this morning, you know, what were the areas that are pressed in and you go, oh, I'm struggling there. And then what are the areas that that you're doing really well? So let's take four or five minutes and share these. As we're sharing these, we're going to eat the bread. We're going to drink the cup. It's this reminder that as we're processing these, this is not a a condemning thing. This is not a a thing to, to bring shame upon us. We take this at the table of grace where there's forgiveness, where there's mercy. And so right now, with the people you came with, the people you're sitting around, gather up for the next four or five minutes. Let's reflect, man, where have you grown in and where do you still need to grow up? And I'll come back in a minute. Pray for us and call us back into worship.